Hi, welcome to Caribbean. Today we have David Michael Rudder, a man who normally would need no introduction. But because you may have some listeners in, in Mongolia or the Arctic or something, I'm going to say that he is one of the greatest living songwriters beyond the Caribbean, beyond the boundary. And he is the, one of the greatest living exponents of Calypso, the musical art form, or we might say soca. We could, we, could, we could discuss that as we go ahead, the difference between the two or not. So David, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I want to know, I want to know what maybe your first memory is of a sound or a song, a voice. I would say when you first started hearing music or sound and maybe singing even. I think my first recollection is um, we used to live in Belmont, first of all, in a place called Borsialim. We lived in a one-room apartment, the entire family. But we had um, this little box in the corner of the, of the, of the room that um, kept us in contact with what was happening in the world. Two radio stations. That box gave you either Radio Trinidad or Radio 610. And um, they would have... A, it was not like the day where you have 40 or 50 different stations and people can tune into whatever the genre they, they like. We used to have to take anything that came to us, like we might have classical into uh, Indian Talent and Parade, into a cultural segment, into um, El, El Mundo Ross, Venezuelan, um, South American rhythms and so on. So that's the first thing that I remember. And um, I think it, it shaped me a lot because um, you know, I, I learned from early that to, to really be into music, you have to listen to the music wherever it comes from, you know. And um, that's what my that's what, that's my first recollection of being attracted to music and um, singing the songs as as as, as 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 they come on the radio and so on. So that set me up. And then, when I went to primary school, Belmont Boys RC, I used to get in a lot of trouble with them. I used to drift away and be making my own little songs on my desk. And um, I remember one time, Mr. Lewis was a nonsense teacher. I felt a, a pain in my, my, my side. It was a bunch of keys he threw <laughs> across the class because I was beating a rhythm with my eyes closed, and he was teaching. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was, it wasn't funny then, but it was fun, it's funny now. In hindsight. <laughs> I had a few teachers like that. They used to throw, um, what do you call it, um, blackboard board eraser, all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah, but he was in, in charge of locking up the school. Mm, so he had the keys. So he had all the keys. So there's a bunch of keys. It wasn't easy. It was, it was a time when, um, if you go and complain that the teacher hit you with a bunch of keys, your mother come to school to find out 
How much licks they get? Before she gave me some too. Yeah, I know that. So now it's like yeah. totally different. Yeah, so those little keys open at the mighty doors there or mighty doors? Mighty door? doors. <laughs> yeah. Man. So what about uh, what what is there are there particular early songs that you heard that really stuck with you? That's or made you at some point feel, look, I want to do this? I I I was lucky that um I remember, I remember one distinctly. It was a song by, by the, called the Blues Busters from Jamaica. They had these, um, very much a lot um, blues, blues, American blues, but, um, you know, I would, well, darling, you're the one I love. This I swear by the stars above. You know that sort of thing. Um, I remember it because at one time I, I tried out Antique's um, talent show on Sunday, Sundays, and Antique sent me back home. She said, "Get out of here!" <laughs> and, when he, and when you come back with when you come with a with a, a, um, a youngster song, not a grown up song, mm. you come back. Wow. So that was the end of me and Antique. Wow. But um, and but the thing is, uh, Belmont Boys are a series. My bunch of keys school. <laughs> there was a singing competition when I was about nine, and um, they cleared the the the, um, the principals, Mr. Lewis. The cleared is his, his his little area here, area um, that was above us, so he could look across the entire. If all the, all the classes were one room long room, so you could actually sit on that Mr. Lewis's desk. On, the headmaster's desk and look across at all the students at the same time. Uh, only the infants were, were downstairs, but from, from standard one up, upstairs. And this day they cleared his, 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 um, his, 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 how should I say, his platform. <laughs> and they started a singing competition. <laughs> so I'm standing there and i nervous as hell. And they called my name to come and sing. And um, from the moment I stepped on top of that platform, mm. I felt a great peace. Mm. A great peace. I said, this is, this, is, this is exactly what I have to do. This is it. I've never felt anything like that before, you know? Wow. It hit me. And that was the start of my pro uh, career, around the age of eight. Wow. And then I joined a, a, a little singing group in, in my lane. Little group and call ourselves the Inlarks. Doing all that, and that more tongues, the kind of stuff, you know. Mm. Um, four or five guys behind a microphone. One lead singer, you know, one singing bass, and so on. That's, so that's, that, that was my first, um, venture into music outside of the school. Out, that, what happened in the school. And, um, it was my first professional, um, work. Because we started to go out on the road with uh, the DJ at that time, he was the number one DJ in Trinidad called Billy Reese. Mm -hmm. Right? And um, the, we used to go across Trinidad uh, called Billy Reese Rodeo. And we would, um, there was a group from South called the Lunatics. And there were Anne Marie and you know, a whole Mighty Duke, 
was a whole mixture. Uh, there's a guy called Rubberman who used to do contortions. It was a crazy scene, but <laughs> we used to get paid. We used to get paid five dollars a gig. Okay. So technically, that was my first. I, I was a professional singer. Sometimes we even go as far as Barbados and do a show. Wow. Come back, come back on the week before the weekend, and, and I'm back in school on Monday morning. You know, so and this was all between the ages of nine and uh, twelve, thirteen. Hmm. So what happened between then and um, let's say the late seventies, early eighties? Late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Well, I st- I mo- early seventies. Well, I moved away from from um, from the group thing. I started to do my own thing. Um, I had a kind of style like Richie Havens. I used to sing with my guitar, just my uh, guitar, and, um, sing all these songs I written about um, social ills. I was always conscious about what was going on around you know mm. and um what happened what was happening in Harlem and what's okay. then happened in Trinidad with the Bapur uprising and so on mm-hmm. it, 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 it attracted me you know and then I read about the students in um Montreal yeah. and George Brown College in Canada yep. and the racism the Carl Blackwood out of Jamaica mm-hmm. was a, you know so all these all these things um you know and then the internet, there was a young, some young idealist calling themselves the National Union of Freedom Fighters. Enough. Yeah, yeah. It was headed by Guy Haywood. Yeah. And you know, Terence Thornhill and Beverly Jones and, and, and all these, you know. Well, Guy so Haywood. That, all, the, all these things that um, affected the way I wrote, I wrote, I wrote some. My first recording was a call. My first recording, which unfortunately rubbed off, was a song called Mother Earth. Mm. Talking about the, the whole guy, he would um, enough story, you know. Wow. Well, and I wrote, I wrote songs like Thousands Without Eyes, mm. who, 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 don't, who are not seeing what's going on in society. So even at that age, that kind of song, those are the kind of songs that I um, I gravitated to, my spirit gravitated to. Wow. But, uh, that gravitated to me. I don't know, mm. whatever. They found but you. That's, it found me, yeah. And that's how I, um, I went, I started, um, on my, on my own path without a group, you know. But Guy Hayward, better known as, as Norm de Guerre was Jericho, um, was actually my mother's cousin's son. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, his dad was head of the CSO, Central Statistical Office, and the ISA at UE. And I remember, um, him, him, uh, the, being on the phone really, really worried, you know, when he was on the run. And mm. they were extremely um, distraught about his fate, you know. And of mm. course, Kitchener wrote um, Cherry Cole, Cherry Cole. Yeah. You know, for, for, for Guy Harewood. Also, I am interested in, because you said Harlem and Watson, that, that literally um, um, returns in one of your songs. Seems like yeah. Harlem and Watts, literally. Yeah. So, have you ever thought of, or have you ever, you said that one of the songs, the early song was rubbed out, but have you ever re-recorded or ever thought about that? I thought about it and then um, I kind of let it, let it lie, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I did I did one t- one um one time on Facebook I did a mother, mother mm-hmm. someone I was asking about the song because they were talking about that you know so I picked up the guitar which I don't use much of it I did a uh, a version of Mother Earth on Facebook. That was the, that was the closest. You know, uh, after those songs were written, were done, I booked I booked Coral Studios. I remember that. And um, I left I left the, the master tape there. Wow, that was in C. Lots. Th- right. And then that. Eric Michaud was the engineer. Yep. And somehow he probably forgot that I am a pip squeak, you know. Mm. So some some top calypsoian. Uh, ran out of tape, mm-hmm. and I think they used my tapes. So when I came back, I said, "I'll come back with the tapes." Mm-hmm. I seen everybody watching me, kind of funny, and holding on the head. And they said, um, "That rub off, you know." Boy, you know. Boy. So I kind of like, I kind of shut the way I deal with it. I shut down, you know. Mm. I just, I just say, I ain't doing it. That has happened to me because I mean, when I was shooting film, I mean, you can't erase film. <laughs> But when we got into to the 80s into shooting on video, I lost a lot of workers. Um, some people, people from time to time would just um, wipe it out, you know, yeah. <laughs> gone, you know. And that is, that is especially painful, apart from the fact that some of it actually deteriorates and is lost or is just lost. People mm-hmm. actually um, degaussing, as they say, in, in, in the industry or, or erasing your stuff is crazy. And yeah. there's a lot of rage sometimes I feel it when it's gone, you know? Yeah. I know. That's that's, that's horrible. Um, what about um, influences? Because I know C.L.R. James was, would have been a great influence, of course, leading up yeah. to... I don't know if you had read Black Jacobins and that, and part, and that had led to part of what fueled or, or um, Haiti um, song. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what happened. That, okay. that influenced Haiti. Okay. That and um, an incident that happened in New York City, which is strangely, a lot of my songs um, happened because of some incident in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this this time we we had gone to do some shows in Liberty and um, staying by a friend of mine, and um, we, we we hired a Haitian cab driver. Mm-hmm. One of those gyps- gypsy cabs to drop us home. Mm-hmm. So the guy said, uh, I said, how much I have for you? And he said, that would be four dollars. And my partner said, everybody else is three, how are they as four? Mm-hmm. All the Haitians only want to do this, all they only want more money than everybody else. Only. So I said, when you study them people's history and what they, what they pass through, mm-hmm. uh, extra dollar no big thing. No, don't get to pay, no game, nothing. So there is, and so I say, we know the ever, the ever know the history, you know the history of Haiti. So me want to know the history. Of it. So that kind of get me going, and, I, and I, when we got home, I just started writing this song. You know, Haiti. I'm sorry, we misunderstood, misunderstood you. Yeah, for so long. You know, I well, hope one day we turn our head and look inside. That's how that song came about. But that 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 uh, um I would say that album I think it's 1986. That yeah. album is the first thing that uh, totally gripped me, and I, I, I never haven't looked back. You know, I look I, I, I losing some of my memory, getting old. You know, but I used to you know West Indies cricket stats and all the lyrics to your mm-hmm. songs, and um, but I started in I would say in '86 because Haiti 
I knew with the Sela James, it touched me because Sela James was a family friend and used to bring teddy bears for my sisters when, from Moscow when he came by. Uh, he was a friend of my mom who was a his, Jamaican historian and she lived and she was conceived in Haiti and she grew up in her early, early adulthood in Haiti and they would talk about mm-hmm. that. And even when Eric Williams um, put him under house arrest, Sela, yeah. My father sent a car for him and arranged his um, speech at the city hall back in the day, you know. Mm. So we had a lot of connections with Haiti. And I then, of course, by the time 86 that had come around, I was at Howard University. And I mean, steeped, even before that, though, I was steeped in um, uh, Walter Rodney, how you Europe and develop Africa, Sela James yeah. and such. So that, that, that just was a whole blow mind for me. And then I just wanted to digress one more thing. I actually... And Gugi Wathiongo, the great African writer, he was here, I think, two years ago. Gugi, Gugi, I remember. And I took him to Sela James' aunt's house in Tunapuna. He wanted to go there. I took him there. Well, of course, you know, the thing is overgrown and so on. So it was Bo- a, I saw it bush and thing. Yeah. yeah, it was a real poignant moment, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And then he later um, would have gone to the Sela's um, grave in, in Tunapuna Cemetery. Right. And I always remember, to this day, I get chills now, but when you spoke at the funeral service at in South, I think it was the OWTU mm-hmm. Center, you said something, I never forget the words, man. You said, that man lying there, that man living there, I think, referring to him, lying in your mm-hmm. presence, I believe. And that stuck with me where I got so emotional. I broke down at that point. I got so emotional. Mm-hmm. So that is so critical, yeah. you know. I remember when he arrived in Trinidad too, um, we had a ceremony at Piaco and Tamak. Yeah. And I sang the song. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Dakas Howe made a speech. Dakas Howe. <laughs> yeah. He was actually staying at Dakas's place in his, in his last days. But at that time, you know, listen, he was, he was in a really bad way. So I saw him, but you know, I never got to talk to him. This is in London. London, yeah. Well, a friend of mine recently told me that um, when he visited CLA in London in, in the latter days, well, I don't want to say the last days, but you know what I mean, um, he was actually looking at, so fascinated by soap operas and Michael Jackson, you know. And wow. So those kind of things, wow, you know, this is not, you know, it's just different. But yeah. that man is one of my greatest heroes, and I was also moved when that thing came out. I played it to the bone. I have the album there. I, I played it so many things over the years, you know. But that was a break. Yeah, that's a jump. That's a jumpy album, you know. I know, bro. <laughs> well, because <clears throat> when, it, when, it, when I released it, I used to release it early in, in November because there was a, a, a certain pattern used to take place in Trinidad. Uh, pe- people would buy the, my CDs to send to this children in university as, as um, Christmas toys, Christmas gift, as a Christmas gift. So we had to sort of release early in November mm. so that, we, that people could buy and, and, and then post it away to, to the, um, the kids in school. Mm. You know, I, I was reading um, a BC interview with Miss Solomon recently, and she was talking about she, the contact she had with Trinidad was when her parents used to, used to send a different CD for Christmas. Yeah. You know? So it kind of tied in. But, but, um, but two weeks after the album was released, hmm. they kicked Baby Duck out of Haiti. Mm-hmm. And Haiti was all the news. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And then 
just just at, um, before the end of the year, December, um, George Bush um, invaded Panama. Yeah, man, and your song. And so, so, so Haiti was in the news. Yeah. The song was playing all the time like a, like a road match. Then Panama started to play. Steel bands take it. Then after Carnival, the Carnival time was the play Bacchanal in mm. And then after Carnival, what he was he could he could cricket tour. And they started to play rally on West Indies. Wow. You know? And, and, and I, I saw that album was just going quick. Every song on it, there was some period that, that, that sort of enhanced it, you know? Yeah, but that, said, that, that kept resonating because, again, I, I was in Barbados in 2010. I was making a Chinese, I was directing a Chinese co-production in Barbados. And um, when the earthquake struck Haiti, Mm-hmm. And I was dazed. I mean, I was scared about people I know there. I was, I was very, very mournful about people who I knew would have died. How many people? And I was sitting, after we wrapped, I was sitting in a bar in Whole Town uh, with some old guys, you know, and we were drinking. I mean, there was a lot of drinking going on, more than normal. <laughs> and your song kept playing on a loop, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, when that song was kept playing and I was sitting drinking with the old guys, I said, I played Man in Next film I'm going to make is in Haiti and I actually went by the end of the year 2010 I had gone to mm-hmm. Haiti months after the earthquake and started making a film there you know but that is what mm-hmm. really inspired that you know that moment um just triggered me mm-hmm. I said I said I also question mm-hmm. why you know okay look I'm doing a it's a good film I'm doing a Chinese program production in Barbados but this is this is the real deal so that is something that resonated with me then you know mm-hmm. and, actually know, actually wrote about three or four songs on that earthquake over Haiti, mm. on in my, 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 one of my last albums, which was um, Catharsis. Yes. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I, I did songs of you, create the, 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 um, everybody won, you know, the whole IMF scene, Haiti and games and the financial sucking of, of, of everything for the wealthy society, going mm-hmm. to one little group. So I started, I started to write, I, used, I was actually following a writer from um, the Toronto Star who went down. Mm. I was writing articles every day from the Toronto Star. I would write okay. a song based on what that person was writing, you know? Okay. So it's an ongoing relationship with, with myself and Haiti in terms of, you know, it's, it's, it's a horror scene, in a, in a horror in a one, one way. Yeah. But it's like a, a magical, it's a fascination about the whole thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I went all over the place sometimes, you know, several trips for film and so on with Jack Mel, and I went up to the Citadel and filmed there, and Palace of Sassouci, Port-au-Prince, Melo. I go all over the place. Um, and I, Well, I, w- I would have been, uh, my armor, my, my, my strength and understanding would, in part, of course, come from, from your, your sentiments, you know, understanding, yeah. you know, because people like to, to be Haiti, people like to, Say all kind of thing about Haiti, you know, mm-hmm. and a whole different ball game. The, the strength of the people and the, the patience of Job, you know, for all of the power. Yeah. And I, I don't like the word. I have it in my film, but I don't like people saying Haitians are resilient because. And mm-hmm. the guy in the film says that, you know, um, that people say Haitians are resilient. What does that mean? Because it's a sense that they custom taking a level of licks. That's just sick. You know, this mm-hmm. is a whole, you know, just the brilliance of the people. If you even watch, um, a lot of my friends come from Haiti. And um, if you look 
at the even American um, the, the general um, news things like CNN and MSNBC and so on, and in, within the Biden cabinet and so on, you can see a lot of Haitian um, Americans in there. You know, um, they yeah. are contributors. They're very heavy into, uh, I would say, political um, communications and such. Because of the brilliance of the people, you know. It's funny you say that because I was just looking at some um, pictures on my on my on my iPad, and there's a big, one was a picture of um, I took a picture with a girl, a Haitian girl who has worked her way up to the ranks. She became um, the head of Obama's press corps. Um, she, what's her name? She, she is. Um, she is. Um, she is. Um, the deputy communications director for or deputy um, spokesperson for the president right now. You see, right? No, this is funny. We talk. I just saw that picture before you kick off. Mm -hmm. This this kind of confirms the, the a mystical kind of thing about Haiti. It's Karen Jampier. Yeah, yeah. She's the one who defended. Um, remember when when um, Kamala Harris was running for vice for, for president? Sorry. Um, and um, a, a guy jumped up on stage, and she's the one. Jump up! Right, she's the one who tackled him. Yeah. yeah, who braced him. And she, she, she is so tiny, you know. Yeah, but she's sharp. She is one of the sharpest. Yeah, yeah. But there are many, yeah. you know. There's Alcindor. You, when you see the names, you'll see so it's because that is like. Um, um, well over representation of numbers of people because of the, pe the amount of Haitians. People don't, they don't maybe announce them people as Haitian Americans, or, but there are many, many yeah. Haitians in all of these professions. I have a friend who's head of a law school in, in Florida, another one who's a, who's a filmmaker, director whose films were shortlisted for the Academy Award a couple of years ago, you know, stuff like that. I mean, they're doing tremendous things, you know. And it did, but of course, at the same time, balanced by what keeps going on in Haiti, you know. Because when I went there, I was talking about yeah. second Haitian revolution, but it's very, very difficult to see the, the mountain of the has the mountains that have to be moved. And then, as Haitians say, behind mountains there are more mountains, you know. Which is mm -hmm. also it's a kind of double meaning too. Eh? But still, but yeah, man, not respect beyond that. Eh? So we get to that flux. What happens now, let's say after 86 and that uh, triple play you did, um, for those who, don't, who wouldn't know, can you explain what, what, uh, what um, you achieved in 86, for instance, with, with your music? In 86, it was like, um, first of all, I, I, I'm a band singer. We, 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 we play the music of the Calypso singers and the Soka singers for people in the feds and so on and uh, they have a good time and that's what was expected of us but um one advantage i had was uh, when i when i joined the roots uh i started to work with pelham an independent um pieces of work you know and um we came up with some songs with, for we were playing with Mitchell's band I guess to do a band called Jungle Fever. Yeah, and we decided let's write a song called Jungle Fever and that kinda kicked things off, you know? Um so from that from 
I, I, and, and I, I also worked in the studio as a background singer, a chorus singer. Mm-hmm. Whenever they were recording, sometimes we would go in the studio. After the Koto has about four four artists to put in, four albums to do over the weekend, and um, we would be going inside there for two three days, not coming out, food coming in, singing chorus, and sometimes telling a kind of story. Why do, why don't you say so 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 instead of you know it's for it flows better. So I was already I already knew how to write. Um I, I understand the flow of calypso. And um I, I was able to, to suggest after to, to, to a calypso artist do this instead of that. You know? So I was um that that sort of kinda of helped to to create um what happened in nineteen eighty six. So the the, the, the problem was that the, the society is, a, well, that's all societies are like that. If they're accustomed to one kind of group, they, they don't like the change. The change is kind of, makes them kind of feel uncomfortable, especially in the trailer scenario, where people like the things that happen, keep it that way, don't, don't like the change. We are accustomed to this way, you know? And I was, um, I, I sort of threatened that because of the popularity of my songs, it created even more more um, anxiety in, just in a certain segment of the society. So after I won the Young Kings, which is like amateur, amateur um, competition for the up and coming singers, um, this guy is, is singing from a, coming from a band, and he's singing. Calypso. So he came into our world. So that was the first problem. Um, then I won the Young Kings. And that, that created a momentum. And people started to talk about me. And then I, I won the Calypso Mona, which is the highest level of, of, um, the art form. So that you have to go through certain stages to get to be a master Calypso again. And, um, I was just a guy who just comes home. Just come just like that and, and, and win this thing, you know? So that kind of give a little sh- it, 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 it made the society on one level, but it also made another half of the society feel uncomfortable because mm-hmm. what is this, this change is going to mean for, for them, you know? Um, even though there's some people say, if you start a mashup calypso, you know, when you come, <laughs> you know? Which, which is what well, I guess Mitchell in, in Carnival was facing. That's not Carnival, especially well, Mitchell, in Carnival. Well, so, so that happened, no, and then Mitchell was the same thing. So people started to say, well, this is what the point is. This is it's really a change going to happen here. Because look at that. Moment. And then I'm, I'm providing the music for Mitchell's man, the song track for Mitchell's man. So that, like, added um, uh, other dimension to it. And then, um, after, when, the match by night after I won that crown, it was a foregone conclu- conclu- conclusion that, um, road match. I would win the road match, you know? And, uh, oh, not, not only won the, won the road match, but the song that was fighting my song for the road match was, was another my, of my songs. So I came in first and second, you know? And something that people don't realize too is that the year before, we did a song called, called Calabash. And Calabash came third in the road match. Mm. So in, in, in two years, I had won the road match, I came second in the road match, and I also came third in the road match. 
But yeah. that's a whole shake-up of so, the status quo. Yeah. That's a whole shake-up. And, you know, people say, well, uh, um, but you think of the winning card. So, um, so you could have win Soka Monarch. I said, well, if, if Soka Monarch was there, I naturally would have won that too because Bayagil would have won the, the Groovy and the Hammer would have won the, run, um, the, the um, Power Soka, as they call it. Because, you know, because of the laid back feeling of Bayer Gill. So I said, that was, that would have been two more, two more um, titles, you know. But, um, it's never been done again. It's never been done before, never been done since. Yeah. Um, but it was a, still a very special moment for me. For everybody, for, I should say for many, many people. <laughs> many people, yeah. I want, which leads me to a nice question, um, which is Soka Calypso. Um, why, where, what, where do you fall there? Is it a, is it just a matter of, um, a word, different words? Um, the, why would say if they not call it, um, Neo Calypso, the, 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 um, the, the music that came out through the eighties and beyond? Why would it, would it not have been say called, like they call Neo Soul, Neo Soul, Neo Calypso, because Calypso was branded and it still is, but it's best yeah, known. Yeah. But Soka was, Soka itself was, um, in the early days, was, was changed a rhythm really. It's a beat change. The 124 beats um, a minute thing. Yeah, the whole disco era. Yeah. Black power, everything, that whole thing. So you know that, that something was happening and the music will go to reflect, come out to reflect what was going on. So, um, if you, if you, if you, you notice, like, in latter years, Sparrow put a lot of songs, his old Calypso hits, with a soca beat. Yeah. You know? A, so, it was, there was always a, but there was always a rhythm. A change in rhythm, and a pattern of the rhythm. And, um, there were so many different elements, apart from Shorty. Yeah. Right? With, with endless vibration. Um, which, 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 which actually confirms that there was this connection between Afro, Black America and, and what was happening in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. It was more than Stokely Carmichael and Rob Brown and Huey Newton. Mm-hmm. It was Daga and Cambon and all them too, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, if you, if you listen to, to Endless Vibration, mm-hmm. you will hear, apart from the, the, to to that beat. Um, the lyrics of this uh, of Shorty's song was pure Trini and American. Yeah. Change the accent of Carnival to a groovy, groovy bacchanal. You know? Rock your boat, rock your boat, rock your ship. Mm-hmm. Can you dig it, brother? Get it all together. Right on. Right on. You know? Mm-hmm. All the things that you shaft and rebutting in these movie houses and things. Everything came together and that, that song encapsulated, encapsulated the whole damn thing. Right? Um, and it was a marriage of the soul music, mm-hmm. disco, and calypso. And yeah. that's how the, the whole soul, soul calypso, soul calypso came about. Right? There's a lot of Isaac is in there too, you know? Isaac is was in there too, you know? Um, I was with a group called Thoughts for Tomorrow with Hector Brothers. And we had a style similar to, that called, we call it Canelo music, you know? And then Bradley had a thing called Funk Kaiso, 
Mm-hmm. You know? Um, like the, the opening riff of um, Disco Daddy by Nelson. Mm-hmm. That was Bradley. You know? And um, so there was, a, there was a change in the coming, right? Um, there was Shadow coming to coming from um, Tobago with that Tobago jig. So it, it was a it was beyond shorty 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 captured the moment, but it was also a part of what how the society was going to change, reflected in this new, new rhythm style, you know, of music, you know. Later on, um, he did some 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 work with um, some Indian musicians, and so Soka changed to Soka Cage, but. If you look at the, all the early records, it's you know, soul types or soul cats, it's OCA, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, even Eddie Grant and all, uh, um, he used to say, well, I had something happening to like Neighbor Neighbor and all these songs, you know? So it, it was a time for, for change, and that, that music then reflected that change. But but it leaves us with Soka be, being Calypso, soul Calypso. So yeah, it's an extension of the form. It's been hybridized in a particular yeah, uh, and then, yeah, yeah. Because when we got started here, like John Rock the Boat by George McCrea, and oh, yeah. Hughes Corporation, and mm-hmm. um, Rock the Baby and Rocky Baby, and and the, the Meters um with Pocky Hey Pocky Way, yeah, which is a red, a, a, a New Orleans Red Indian, mm-hmm. like they have a Red Indian mass I know, I know, yes. tradition. <laughs> I know. Just, just like us. I actually, <clears throat> I actually showed one of my documentaries called Black Indian in New Orleans, in, in Louisiana. Yeah. Huh? I know there's yeah. a strong connection. Yeah. What yeah. about guys like Hot Chocolate and so on in, in other realms at the time? Tony, Tony Wilson, yeah. Uh, he, he was, his brother was um, a singer with a, a, a group called The Sparks, or later called Wildfire, yeah. out of Diego Martin. Okay. And so he, you know, so, so there was a, there was an element of, of, a strong element of change, you know, and, um, you know, when, when I tell some of these young, young people, I say, if you listen to permission to Marshall the Place, I see the song, the, the lyric says, Soka is a melody that's bubbling all around yeah, you. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was delivery, it's how we deliver the song of change to, you know, before Carlos was like, what they, you know, like, um, I don't know what the leader say, but he said this the other day. And I say, what's he talking about? The kind of words flying out his mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. It was very, kind of that very personal thing. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly people start saying, you know, as I well said, people, if Kaifso was doom, 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 doom. It suddenly became doom doom, doom doom, doom doom, doom doom. It's just it was the whole that was that was where the soul coming in. And then the delivery of the songs, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, uh, R and B. And if you listen to shorty, all these early things, you know, hey hey, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in between these songs and my show, hey hey hey, you, mm-hmm. ooh yeah yeah. So they all had that um, Afro-American kind of 
style within the the within the within the rhythm and the way the song lived, um, but the message was still the same because if you listen to um, when Eric Williams gave the speech and said money is no problem, mm. um, he shortly came up with a song called "Money is no problem." I remember. Money is no problem. Whoa, yeah. I remember that. Whoa, money is no problem. Whoa, you know. So he used to put even inside the song. Um, the way they deliver this song, the same calypso vibe, mm-hmm. same, same talking to the people about how they feel about what he say, what what what, what William say, but it's how he say it next time. You know, it was it would be different if there was, it was just pure, pure calypso. It would be some other way to deliver the song, mm-hmm. but the way he delivered with money no problem was very very much that new song that came was coming out of the society, which we call soca. In terms of lyrics, now, um, I want to say I remember, but Bob Marley, when Bob Marley and them were coming up on the Wheelers, it was kind of when we started to see the lyrics printed on the um, albums, you know, so we could, you know, follow yeah. it. And it's like poetry, you know, we could follow it and things. Yeah. And I, I was, I had this album I bought uh, by Valentino called Third World Messenger. Right. And I was fascinated because I love the songs. I mean, it was that was a that was just a power album. And I, at that time, I say, well, you know, we, uh, well, I'm half Jamaican, you know, so I'm following Mali and reggae and stuff. But I also saying when I see that yes. third world messenger, I said, um, wow, you know, this is the Bob Mali equivalent coming up here. Part of it was the the inside the album there were the lyrics were typewritten for every song as well, just like Mali, you know, right. and. Um, I, it was a privilege to see our, our um, Jamaican patois or Trinidad Creole or whatever or, um, actually written down on paper. You know, I'm thinking right, Americans yeah. have their Bob Dylan and such, but to see the songwriting and the words like, like poetry actually there was very important. And yeah. I, you are probably the person I most, got the most amount of lyrics from in terms of stuff to think about, to remember, you know? Yeah. And that's why, I, I mean, I, I, saw, I mean, of course, I follow the music and stuff, but I saw you as a writer, like a poet, and things yeah. I actually remember, to, not just to sing, but to, to just to think, you know? Um, yeah, it's funny when people talk about me being a poet. I, I never really, I, I mean, we used to do a lot of the, um, land of counter pain and all these little things in, in primary school, but I had no idea of, like, poetry itself, you know? But I just used to, that's how I used to talk, you know? Yeah, and that's how I, I write naturally. Yeah. So I had, to, I had to go back now and study and read some poetry and see. <laughs> okay, this is what they talk, you know. Yeah, the approach to the thing, you know. Well, but yeah. that was natural in me. Yeah, I, I didn't know I was it was poetry. I just say, I just say, I had the lyrics, you know. Well, lyrics is it, you know. I when I say that, that doesn't, you know. Well, you have this thing, lyrics, man, too. But lyrics is it in the sense that whatever form it takes, you know. Yeah, there's a times where the, the lyrics and the, there's a musicality or um with like you have a line there in, from Engine Room like um hear the big guitar and grumble you know and the crowd in an uproar yeah. I can't sing but you know what I mean yeah, but yeah. how that thing rolls off the tongue man and it, and of course yeah. like how the steel band rolls too um uh, it, it's just a magical rendezvous of the two you know I don't know where one begins and the other ends you know but it's so it's yeah. actually the performed word. 
like a poet might read um or we have spoken word artists and so on but to me that was just blow my mind and um yeah. nourishing you know they just thought that I could watch the poetry of the art of a uh, Lara's bats <laughs> right. you know, yeah. and sweep it left hand man hello or, or viv you know even the other day when yeah. I saw Pollard um with that crazy innings, you know, and he's yeah. with this Stuart Surridge band that Viv used to use the same brand. And I'm just a lot of flashbacks and it was deeply mm-hmm. um I don't know, man, moving man, you know. I can't explain mm-hmm. it. These just these moments, man. Um so these are things uh that sustain us. Um, yeah. I wanna say to because if you you are a guy who writes anthems as well, because um Rally Around the West Indies is is the uh, anthem for West Indies cricket? Um, millions of people know it through India and Australia, England, Sri Lanka, yeah. everywhere. And um, it goes like I said, would say like beyond the boundary because, of course, it's also I believe. Well, I don't know. I never ask you, but um, I get this feeling. Well, through West Indies cricket too, of this notion, this dream of the West Indian nation, a nation. Yeah. I think it's the anthem of the West Indian nation to me as well. You know, yeah. so it's this way of writing anthems, your geopolitical kind of vibes too. Um, the lyrics are very, very detailed as well. It's not moon, June, and spoon. Apart from all the dub, double, and tangent and all that, you got very specific stuff to, to, that you could um, hold on to and you can imagine and can visualize when you're listening to it. So it's yeah. not that kind of nebulous stuff that people hear a lot of, but. That is important. Um, there's so many, man. We could be on forever, but 1990 is one that I think um, stuck. That resonates um, just extensively, extensively about the the 1990 coup. Yeah. Any ideas about what it was like writing that song? Well, 1990 was. Um I can't remember what, what triggered that. I can't remember what, what triggered the song itself, but I think it was just the, the events of the world were moving so fast in the world around us, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, in one day, so, um, somebody, Reagan telling Rochelle of tear down the walls, and in the same breath, Chinese students beating African students in, in, in Beijing. The only Beijing street. Yeah, so, you know, and, and um, there's a little guy got killed at Howard Beach because he, he, walk, he walked in the wrong Italian neighborhood. Yeah, it was there, yeah. And, you know, so and all these things happened together. I said, well, what is the way to just the world? They're talking about disarmament, and, but at the same time, something else happening, you know, like that, that kind of, Questions that you know, so I say, what a time in this world. You know? So I think that's how um, that came about, and I felt like new conflicts and turmoil will take place um, in different in different theaters, mm. and and um, so that was the trigger. And at the same time, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, you know, yeah. and. Um, I say, you see, no, this is a, this is the next thing happening here, you know. Um, and and that that was like when this one of the moments 
and I have I have had special a lot of those moments where you you go you go find the music it finds you yeah and that and and, and I have I've been blessed in the sense that I have I, I should say I'm lucky to have a lot of those moments in my life yeah you know? well I give you a little funny story or not so funny story about 1990 but this is of course you. You were global, uh, beyond the boundary, um, the realms you were in, entering. And uh, I think you were on Sire Warner Brother Records at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were doing a concert. I was filming a concert. You were doing a summer concert in, in D.C. in Adams Morgan. Adams Morgan? Yeah. You were there with that hailstorm? Yeah. I was filming you on stage. Jesse Jackson had come up on stage yeah. and he was... Yeah. Introduce as the president of Black America. Black America, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing about that is, every time I do 1990, 90% of the time, this is no joke, rain falls. But, but right? Yeah. So I, I did a show in Antigua. So um, somebody in Antigua said, We want to hear 1990. I said, If I sing this song, rain usually falls. <laughs> no, 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 rain. It's kind of rainy. Whereas by the time I start finishing first verse, rains. So that is part of the folklore of people, a whole generation in Antigua. They remember that. So I always tell people, even the last show I did at Normandy a couple years ago, um, in 6.5, I said, when I sing this song, it's rainfall, and suddenly I sprinkle in a water cover. <laughs> Right? But I remember you Adam Morgan because I'm going on stage and they say, Chachi Chachi Jack here. It's alright if you can let him come on and say something before. I say, alright, no big thing. And then I am um, I let him come on. So he says, Hi hi brother. And he walk across but one thing I remember remember about that was that he was looking straight ahead of me, like I was like there but not there. Yeah. Because he was more in the mission, whatever mission he has, you know? Yeah. So then when he comes off now, I gave him a copy of, a, of, of the album, 1990. And I said, um, he said, um, keep up alive, brother. <laughs> he was like zoned, he was zoned into his own world. He, he had time with me. He tells you CD, but, you know? <laughs> he was old. And I said, I said, I wonder what will happen when I sing this song today because I, so, so look at the sky. The sky was blue. It was hot. Right? It was hot. Yes, yeah, so I say, okay, we safe here today. Maybe Jesse Jackson might change his vibe. <laughs> oh, and, oh, and, you know, but it was for the, well, that was the worst. But, but, um, that's, that hill was deadly. But let me give you the, uh, not the uh, I was there and filming you. Let me give you a perspective that you might laugh. But I was shooting these concerts and I was supposed to do Fela Kuti and his brother mm-hmm. was, um, Due to be executed or something in, in Nigeria. So he canceled. And, um, there, there was a whole thing going on in my head at the time, man. And I, I was so proud and happy to see you on stage on Charlie's Roots. And I, I, I was on an angle, a low angle, squatting on the pavement with the camera filming. Mm. And I, it was hot, eh? And mm. you sing in 1990. And, um, I just feel this thing just started to drop on the pavement. Yeah. 
And yeah. those days, DC was Dodge City. It was, you know, crack, a lot of crack cocaine and stuff was going yeah. down. So the first instinct I had when I watched when he come out of my eye off, off the viewfinder is some idiot dropped some crack on the pavement and I looked yeah. at the dust and people had a scatter. Mm -hmm. So I figured somebody yeah. dropped the crack on the pavement and I know there's fight and all kind of thing could happen. So I capped mm -hmm. the camera and I get up. And when I got up, the camera's still rolling, but I, you know, filmmaker, and I put the cap on the lens. But the camera's still rolling. And um, when I realized it was hail falling, um, I have on the camera the people. When he, the last things, he, the last lyrics he sang was, "Will they keep running and running and running till the, the end, end of time?" The end of time. And that is his audio that was was um, mixed with the sound of the people running mm. and scampering. Yeah. And then this guy shouted, "Oh, that man! That song is a blight." Every time he sing that song. That song is a blight. <laughs> yeah. But 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 my brother, my brother, um, Trevor, he had come up, and he had a little camera, those big fat cartridges. Yeah. And uh, so he he started a film the show. Okay. I think I have a copy of a cartridge. I'll try and get to me to me to transfer it. Yeah. But I always wanted to know if anybody else had um, recording any kind of recording of that incident. Because when I tell people, they say, "Nah, you lie." No, that's, that happened. You know? My first wife um, has that. In, she's in, she's from California. She has that. Getting it from her is another Another story. <laughs> but yeah, but um, yeah, but we came up on stage. Uh, she and I, she was we were working together. We came up on stage. Um, to shelter from the hail under the tent. Yeah. And I introduced it to her, and she and uh, and you, uh, I said, "This is." Uh, she, we were wet, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember that was a whole beat, man. Yeah, the, all the songs, the song that mash up everything, everything went. Yeah, that was just weird, man, because it came so hot, hot sun, and then suddenly that boy. But that was what that yeah. was one of these kind of you know strange and mystical moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the sad part about it is that all these things are, are mystical, strange moments, but it's a dark something dark. Yeah, you know, because like um, I remember I just moved to um, Toronto. And I was down in the basement writing this song. I don't know what happened, how I got to write the song, but this, I write the song. So I came back up and said, I my wife, I said, Just read that. And she said, Why would you write a song like this? This is the worst song I've ever, I've ever seen you. you know? this, is, this is a terrible song. And she said, you know, she, After a while, she said, I can't sleep now, you know. Why why you write this song? So. <laughs> It was a song called Visions of Paradise. Mm. So I said, she said, what do you, what does the song mean? What, what, what you, it, it looks like a mask, carnival thing, but it's, I said, no. I, I tried to, to, to put myself into the spirit and the body of a suicide bomber. Okay. And I'm trying to, to, to understand and this rush to, to die for a cause, to destroy as much lives as they, as they could. You know, for for your, for your religion, you know. So I want I'm trying to live this guy. Uh, this is where the song come from. Hmm. So anyway, we, we finally fall asleep maybe by four, four, four something in the morning. Next thing, her aunt, who you saying by, she come knock the doors. You say, David and Christine, you have to put on your TV now. And I put on the TV. I see this building on, on fire. Wow. And there's a plane. Turning, and they talk about they don't know how it happened. This, this plane just ran in the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. 
So I said, I tell my wife, I said, look, that is the song last night. That's the song. <laughs> right? And so, so then I said, but look, 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 a next turn, plane turn the wrong distance. Watch that plane. And we, I said, go watch, watch that plane in the distance. That was the second plane. Mm-hmm. So we she said, she said, oh my God, oh my God. And I said, keep your eye on that plane until it hit this in the second. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I remember that. I, Moment. <laughs> is that true? You know? Yeah. It's something else. I got the same kind of call. Turn on. I was in tune. I, put on, I get turn on your TV, turn on your TV, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for the first plane, we thought it might have been an accident, but when the second one hit, it was obvious, you know? Yeah. And, and that album was my worst selling album, Fearless to the Flesh. Okay. Because people start telling me what kind of um, <laughs> Fearless to the Flesh in these times. Okay. I said that Fearless to the Flesh is just the next we are seeing Carnival, you know? Yeah. But, and the story was, after, I wrote, like, um, Egyptianized about the, Muhammad Asa, the, the chief bomber. Yeah. Intervisions of Paradise. And then I said, but the next song was There is a Land, which I'd done earlier in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, kind of like a Bobby McFerrin style. There is a land. I know it. Caribbean land. And in that so land, a vibe was born. This vibe born, you know, right. this Calypso. This Calypso. Won't let you go. Huh. So that was the whole journey. If you check the album, the album was really, this has happened, but there's a place called Trinidad you could go to. And, and we will, you know, and so the, all these songs were about Fables of the Flesh, Juve, yeah. Maracas Bay, for cleansing, you know, it, it was a whole, Super Island, which is a done before. Island. So, so the whole album was really a story about, okay, this has happened in the world. The world is not not be the same again after this. But let's let's start to, to, um, to, it's kind of cliche now, but let's do some, do some healing. Yeah, you know. And people missed the whole point of that album. But it was, it was kind of like okay, they want to need to like to deal with, with, with serious business, eh? Yeah, you know. So so that was a kind of a, a, a prove that point. Yeah. Yeah. So what what about what's happening these days, for instance, now um, where I don't think you can perform or have been able to perform? I, I did I did one performance so far, and it was like just the camera crew, mm. the producers, the band, the band mm. you know, for a little carnival um, Caribana launch thing they had. So it's supposed to be somewhere on um, YouTube. But it's, um, it's called Full Slap. Okay. You know? Lap so that's the only lap. thing I've done so far. Laugh or lap? Lap. Lap. Okay. Glass like, lap, like full slap. Um, kicking off the um, car- new oh, carbine. Yeah, okay. Hopefully they might be able to, to, to raise the, um, the, the kind of coffee we have here now. Right like then. But it's not, it's not a certainty, but they say let's at least kick it off and call it Full Slap. Okay. Yeah, which is a good idea, but it was a horrible, horrible production. But, you know, um, it, at least it gave me a chance to, to, to actually be on stage, you know? Well, this is a shout-out for everybody. Um, not just creative artists, but um, anybody struggling. I mean, Trinidad, we're in lockdown again. My cousin's in Jamaica yeah. and a curfew. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not good. It feels terrible, to be honest. I don't want to depress yeah. anybody, but... Um, I know in March last year, I was now seeing the finishing line on a film I was doing and a feature. 
and bam, you know, and nothing happened since, huh? Eh? Yeah. So it's a yeah. very weird kind of up suspended in media feeling forever. So, but we're hoping it kind yeah. of going to start to kind of recede, you know, in huge ground soon enough. But uh, it's been rough. Hopefully. It's been rough. Any recording at yes. this time? Or have you been moved to recording? No, because I, 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 can't, um, I can't go in the studio. Mm-hmm. Don't want it, you know, um, and the studio is downtown. Yeah. You know? And then the, the, the musical director, he wanted to come up. Mm-hmm. But now they're telling, they're trying to, um, they're holding people for coming out of the area to, to go by other people's houses, you know? Wow. So, until they, until they get everybody with a shot. I get my first shot about a month ago. Okay. I think it's quite July to get the next one. Same here, you know, I'm on the same track, you know. I have July 14th is my second shot. Well, you're lucky because my, own, my, um, I will, if it take a month, I, I, I'm quite done with July 27th, so. Mm-hmm. Imagine. Okay, but um, the the what happened during that is that we have used the second shot for for the yeah. So um, we hoping that um, they will have they will be replenished so we can get second yeah. joke. Yeah, I know that the longer it yeah. is, I think you get a little bit more. It's a little more efficacy, or you get a little more immunity. The little longer it takes, over. Well, you know, keeping my my, mm-hmm. my tail quiet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, just keep it quiet, but <laughs> try it, but. but yeah. So, but not not to end or, or anything or pause because I think we could do a part two or, or, or beyond. But I could, on a on a brighter note, maybe or not. Um, what do you think? Why you see this thing as we coming out of this? Just like you said about um, the seven uh, um, thing. Um, mm-hmm. How you think? How you see the world coming out of this? Um, this, this, what we, what, you seen anything on your eyes? Because you are a bit of a seer man as well, huh? And sometimes, it, as you said, you know, I don't want to put it's you on It's funny, the spot. I, don't know, I don't know what to think again, because like, uh, about a month ago, I see the Chinese, um, have a big, had a big parade in Beijing, you know, and, um, they were showing off the new nuclear warhead, okay. which is a the master to, to the point where now they could, Hit America within thirty minutes. Yeah, you know. And I said, but "Wait, you have a little, a little badge on um, running through your blood, 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 blood your security system, shaking everybody across the world. You, they say it starts with you. How much are all they dead so far? We don't know. And you all you study you know is." <laughs> That the only nuclear weapon can reach America in 30 minutes. Yeah. When Wake up. <laughs> this thing, this thing, this thing, it was on a nuclear thing. It could, it could take anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but that is the kind of crazy world we live in. And still again, people making, leveling people off and, you know, making them kind of sit down and, and take a little break and think and say, wait. Well, what going on here in truth? Yeah. Well, I hope that at the end of the day, uh, as we kind of phase, go to the next phase, you know, they say who ended badly wounded, but still, you know, I think we're coming to yeah. come, you know, I just have getting this sense, yeah. it's not bl- mindless optimism, but I don't have any other yeah. option, but I had a feel I'm coming yeah. out of it and, and those who survive, you know, we're coming out of it to, to a better world, you know, I want to be part yeah. of trying to make that happen, you know? Yeah, 
and that, I, that's why you got to go back in the studio too, because I want to. I want to. I I usually write when I go in the studio. I don't, sometimes I just get, I just gather information. Yeah. But I think that's where my spirit heading. You know. Yeah. They write a whole. I know. I did one so so far called the Brain Rushers. Wow. Um, um, you know that whole that whole thing with England and, and returning people. Yeah. That was a major. So I'm right. Yeah. Sorry. With that, um, so I'm writing songs like that and anything, um, anything connected with say Trinidad or yeah, you 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 you're thinking about or writing about contemplating? Yeah, yeah. I, I did I did I did one at least one some time ago, but um, called Spirits After Dance. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you could actually pull it up on YouTube. It's just called Spirits mm -hmm. on YouTube. But um, but um, that's that's one little piece that that's all good. But um, the others I, I need to get in the studio. I just applied to, uh, to the government here for a grant, a recording grant. Mm -hmm. They give you money to, to make records and things here. Okay. Um, and they, they give you money to, to produce a sh videos and you know. So hopefully I get in, I'll get through with that and so I can actually pay musicians and get a proper, with proper studio thing and not just. You know, some beat of a computer in that city, you know? What about, are you, will you return to, I'm asking for a friend, this is not for me, <laughs> I'm just asking you generally. Um, any, uh, any plans to return to the, to film soundtrack, that, that realm? Then we did Wild anytime. Orchid and stuff. Anytime, anytime. Okay. If you have a story, let me know, send it to me, I'll see you again. But yeah, I was so tempted to ask you, but I never did. I didn't get the gumption enough to ask you when I was doing Haiti Bride about re-recording that thing, if possible, for if you are Haiti. I'm sorry for that. But I didn't even, I couldn't work up the gumption to ask you, man. Um, I ended up re um, composing and writing the song, the, the title track myself. But um, when the lady um, sang it in Haiti, the Haitian woman who sang the song, um, it sounds good. It's just that my lyrics were... Like rhymed in English when I wrote it in English, but when she sang it in Haitian Creole, it um it didn't rhyme, you know. It was, but it sounded sweet too. I'm not mm -hmm. saying you know, it just was a different song. You know, I had a thing where yeah. there was a black bird with a broken wing. She couldn't fly and wouldn't sing. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Powdered faces in the voodoo town. That was the kind of scene I was going mm -hmm. on. But I actually at the time I only get went to my own fallback thing because I just didn't couldn't work up the Nerve to ask you, but yeah. I would love to to, to, to to talk that talk, man. I had been talking with Andre Tanker a lot, you know, in the last days of his yeah. existence, because um, there's some fantastic people, you know, not many, but some people yeah. are really um, not uh, a problem. Yeah, even Shadow, you know, Shadow. I'll give you one joke yeah. before we go, but Shadow, um, when he was with Amar, I mean, are we talking about doing a film of his based on the characters in his songs years ago? Mm. And he brought out a, a cassette recorder to play its songs, you know, to have our, you know, we were talking and thing. Um, and current went, and you know, he sat down and played about 20 songs on the guitar, when, you know. So I'm just thinking mm -hmm. about between West Indian or Caribbean literature and collaboration, um, 
that's something I would like to see. Not necessarily per se, myself per se, but that would be good. But anybody that you see more collaboration mm-hmm. between the musical artists and songwriters and filmmakers and even that's, what, that's going to probably happen more and more now because I think that's one of the positive things that will happen over this um, pandemic thing. Yeah, is that um, people will, will want to play music and create film and create art in abundance. But they also want to share things too, you know? I feel so. so that's why... see collaborations. Yeah. You know, part of that. But that's what I'm saying. And that's why I end, kind of end this particular... I love this call it part one. <laughs> but I would like to end on that note, no pun intended, because I see some... I had to put some optimism um, yeah. out of this. And I'm feeling that sense. Otherwise, it's, it's despair. And I don't want to... I think we can get... We, we can overcome. You, you know what? What we What has happened in the news we get People get attracted now to, to negative news. Yeah. You know, all the kids have um, the latest shootout, who brains scatter anything. Yeah. Who hosts, they get a picture as uh, this or that. Um, this is like the, the Chinese threatening within the nuclear weapon. But at the same time, humanity itself is growing. Yeah. It's bigger than the, the others, but the, the others small and loud, you know? That's what happens. It's small, but it's loud. So, I cut off a man's head and throw him off a building, or blow up a whole tongue. That's the news. Yeah. But but that is just a a, a, a tiny percentage of what's going on in the, rea- in the reality of, of this life, you know. Well, I hope we could we could um, subsume all the negativity like a, like a wave at Maracas, boy, and just just huff it, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's needed now, you know. So I uh, just want to go forward and upward, man. Yeah, and uh, something always happens every time there's a tragedy, especially in Trinidad. Once there's like, something going on in Trinidad, people call and say, "Boy, only hear your music all day on the radio." <laughs> Yo, like, it's true. Whenever, it's whenever true. The, the, uh, <laughs> country under stress, yeah. then there's go and see what David David Rudder had to say. Yeah, well, no, you, what he said. It's true. It's said true. Before. That's true, man. You've been like soundtrack for a lot of uh, drama and thing <laughs> back and yeah. You know, it's true. You know, um, soundtrack of our lives. Uh, yeah. Ups and downs. <laughs> You've been in the hills and in the valleys throughout about um, our yeah. times, man. But anyway, yeah. brother, I think we can. I would love to return um, when at uh, a date and time to be announced. But this anytime, been, anytime, just call and we go organize it. Man, same here, man. But this has been a a, a rare and a privilege, man. Just to spend a little while, you know, and get. Yeah. And I want to thank those who are listening. I hope you got a lot out of this, and I'm going to let everybody know, you know, that we got another yeah. edition or two coming. So thank you, David Michael Rada. My pleasure, King David. I'm gone. Thank you. Take care, my brother. All right. All in you up. too.